You're listening to Tarot Talk, and I'm your host, Holly Ramey. I'm going to serve you some practical magic and give you tips and tools to bring the mystical into your everyday life. Welcome, everyone. This is episode number 44 of Tarot Talk. I'm your host, Holly Ramey, and I'm super excited to sit down for a second time um, with Jeff Hinshaw. Jeff is a tarot reader. He's a teacher. He is an astrologer. Um, And when I was first being introduced to tarot, Jeff uh, led me through a beautiful six-month journey um, embodying all of the tarot tarot cards. So um, yeah, he's coming back around and I'm excited. We're going to talk about some themes for 2021. So welcome, Jeff. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks for being here. Um, So I had a dream (laughs) and Jeff came in and um, in my dream, he had this key And it was the key to my house and I was kind of chasing him around, but I I was trying to connect with him in the dream to get the key back. And uh, when I woke up, it really dawned on me that um, the Hierophant has the key. Mm-hmm. And that um, we had just moved into 2021, which is a Hierophant year. So I thought it would be really fun to talk about that. And then, Jeff, you mentioned that um, the Hierophant is also your birth card. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, let's jump in. Actually, before we start talking about the Hierophant, because um, I just like, dove right in there. Um, yeah. Do you want to tell the listeners, so if you guys want to check out episode number 14, um, Jeff, that was the first time Jeff came on the podcast and he talked a lot about like his background and, and healing and um, everything he does and um, you know how the many ways you were inspired and all of that. But if you want to just give a little update on kind of like where you're at now and what your focus is on and what you're doing. Sure. Episode 14 to 44. Yeah. (laughs) Noticing these fours coming in. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I'm an astrologer. That's my offering. That would be like my title, astrologer, tarot reader. But so much of my practice is through ritual immersion in my own life. And so everything that I am sharing and teaching, it comes through my own ritual immersions that I do every day through my meditation, through my practices, like altar building. And a lot of this is reflective of being a Hierophant soul card, you know, having this as my, as my birth number that I'm very much supported by the material world, which we'll get into today. I'm sure Uh, the Hierophant is Taurus's soul growth, which is very much connected to earth. Um, And so, yeah, I, you know, you had mentioned that we did the fool's journey together. So I lead a six month journey through the major arcana of the tarot. And um, yeah, so that's, that's me. There's other stuff too, but I'm a lover, a dog lover, you know, poet, writer, like to sing those sort of things too. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Amazing. Um, One of the the things I love about your work is that um, it's so embodied and, you know, these, these themes are so can be, especially with astrology can feel just like so out there and so complex. Um, 
and overwhelming. And I, I feel like you do take these really kind of Aquarian way up there themes and you bring them down into the body and, and you really make them applicable to what's going on right now in everyday life. And how do we feel that? And that came through so much in your, um, tarot journey offering the fools and how we embodied the energy of each card and it's really a transformational journey. So yeah, thank you for that. Yeah. Thanks. Um, when I hear you say that, like taking these big Aquarian ideas and then bringing it into the moment, like it's interesting because as a Hierophant soul card that I have, I'm also an Aquarius sun, Aquarius rising. Um, and so I could see how that story for me is very similar to the Hierophant. It's taking this higher wisdom. It's channeling something. I mean, the Hierophant card. And so as we're moving through 2021 is a lot about what messages are you receiving and how are you transmitting them to the world uh, in a way to bring greater healing and love is, is the goal here. But yeah, so channeling information and bringing it through embodiment, bringing it through your practices. And um, so when I think of the Hierophant as my soul card, it really works with the Aquarian energy. And so anyone who's working with their soul card is also understanding your astrology and how that interplays with it. So um, what's, your, what's your soul card? I am uh, justice and or the high priestess. Okay. But I have a stellium in Libra. So I really identify with with justice and Mm -hmm. and my son is in Aries. So like Mm -hmm. I'm always working with opposing energies. um, And I feel that that theme. Okay. Cool. Strong. Yeah. But sometimes I'm like. Justice, high priestess, justice, high priestess, oh. which is so Libra in any way. <laughs> right. Yeah. This or I, that. <laughs> yeah. And the high priestess is also about duality too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Know? So that's cool. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Can you tell the listeners, cause they're probably wondering right now, like, how do I know what my card is? Yeah. So you find out what your, I call it soul card, life path card, um, by adding up the digits of your birthday. Mm-hmm. And so, um, the major arcana is what we're using. And so it only goes up to 22. So if, if you happen to be a 23, then two plus three equals five in your higher font. Yeah. Yeah. And if you have like me, um, numbers that could be either, or you can play with the energy of both. So, you know, I add up to 11 so I could work with justice or I can do one plus one is two and look yeah. at the high priestess. Yeah. Um, cool. So for 2021, what we're doing is just adding up the numbers and they equal five. Um, and then we're looking at the Hierophant. And what I also, I think I got this idea from you, Jeff, um, from listening to your podcast, Cosmic Cousins, which is amazing. Check it out. Um, you mentioned like 2020 being like a double judgment year, like breaking it into 2020. And if there was one card that I pulled as like a theme for that year over and over and over again, it was judgment, like personally, collectively in offering readings one-on-one, I saw that card come up so much. Um, so then really we would, we could, we could look at it that way too. Right. And looking at like judgment and the world which is really cool and how we would carry that, that judgment theme for a century. Yeah. Um, which is, yeah, really meta to me. (laughs) I really, I really feel that. Yeah. 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 
And, and especially when we just think of the vibration of how many times did we hear someone say 2020? I you know. know. Mm-hmm. And so that, that double vibration of judgment being number 20 and just like numerology, like that's, especially as tarot practitioners, that's the way that we view the world. So, yeah. Um, and so 2021 is interesting, right? You're saying judgment world. So the world, the final card 21. And so yeah. here we are. Yeah. And the last two cards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just feels really big and really exciting. Um, and also a little scary <laughs> after coming out of 2020. Um, but hopeful, you know, the world to me always feels like a hopeful energy. Um, End of karmic patternings too. Yeah. You know, it's like the deep release, the portal. Yeah. And when I pull the world for people, I'm often reminding them to like reflect and rest and go inward, you know, not, not jump into the the next thing, not go forward into the fool, but like, you know, this, it's this like such a deep completion. It needs to be honored really reviewed. Yeah. So going back to the Hierophant, for the listeners who are not, you know, just like super familiar with this energy or maybe have never even heard of this, yeah. can you just um, offer a little wisdom on how you feel the Hierophant, how you embody this energy? Yeah. I think first, it's always nice to look at the image and to honor whatever deck you're using. And so I, when I teach and when I read, I use the traditional writer weight particularly the Smith Centennial version, because it's got like a little bit muted, matted colors. So it looks a little bit older. And so I have this card out with me here now. And so I always just, the first thing I do is just trust my, my eye on, on the given day. And so as we're gathering here, I'm just lightly gazing at this card and just noticing what the first thing is that I look at here on the card. And so first thing I notice is the Hierophant's hand. Um, And so it's, two fingers pointing up towards the sky and it's the right hand. Um, So that's the first thing I noticed. So we can start there and use that as the axle to the wheel of this, um, of this card. Um, But what hand gestures are you using? So, and in a yoga practice, this would be mudras. And so already there's just a simple message in 2021 of, are you meditating? And when you do what hand, what hand postures are you using? And can you commit to one for the entire year to be your sacred mudra for the year? And so it makes me think I actually, you know, there are a few that I have like dedicated an entire year to. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that, that's a cool message that's coming through just through my own practice because I do have practice with mudras. And so that's when we're reading tarot, you're taking all of the tools from your life and then interpreting them and sharing them with other people. So you become a translator of messengers. This is the higher font too, is the translator of messages. And so for me, I haven't thought about that. I haven't set a mudra for myself for 2021. And I'm going to do that when we get off the call. I'm going to meditate <laughs> on it and see what is it that I'm wanting to channel. This mm-hmm. is the higher font too, is about being a channel. And so our body is a vessel for channeling truth. And whatever it is that you are wanting to channel. So there was one year where I was moving through a lot of healing on my heart. And so the mudra was bring the thumb and, and the pointer finger together. And then you place it right here on your heart center. And that, like, even just doing that, like my, I just begin to melt. And like, it almost brings up emotion for me. Like, mm-hmm. I feel, I feel like my heart opening 
And so remembering that our bodies are our temples. And so often the Hierophant is seen inside of a temple with like an elaborate, like outfit on that, like that is a testament to divine. And so, you know, it, it can bring up a lot for people who particularly like me as someone who is this life path number, I grew up in a very strict Christian family. My father was the lay leader of the church. My brother is currently studying to be a minister. And as someone who grew up in the South, who was witchy and queer, gay, um, was often, you know, looked down upon or projected onto. And so I've had many experiences in my life and whatever your soul card is, you likely will have a lot of karmic experiences around the theme um, that can be quite painful. And so for me, you know, when I came out, when I was 15, you know, I was told that I was going to go to hell. I was, um, I was taken to a therapist that was a Christian therapist that was not in alignment with my higher truths. And so um, there's been a lot of karmic experiences in my life that have been the shadow of this archetype too. And so it, when I sit with this card, it's taken a lot of healing um, to, to look at the traditional iconography of this image, which it's a Pope-like figure, you know, it's a Pope-like figure. And so it's been upgraded throughout time. Um, I also have the fifth spirit tarot here with us too, which the Hierophant is, um, it looks like someone who's much more of like a teacher with an open book. And there you see the keys is a, a symbol that you had mentioned in the dream, but there's two keys up in the air. Um, and so, yeah, we are continuing to upgrade this image. And so, but really the Hierophant is um, often been called a teacher, a mentor, um, a spiritual guide. I've seen it called the messenger in some decks, the shaman. There's many different ways that we can connect with this energy. And I even like to look to famous people who are, Hierophants too. And so a few that come to mind is Brene Brown is a Hierophant. Um, Marion Williamson is a Hierophant. Mm -hmm. So those are two people that come to mind right now that I think really embody this energy. Um, but also Beyonce is, and so mm -hmm. is Jay-Z. <laughs> and thinking about their elaborate um, performance, I mean, the Hierophant, depending on what element you resonate with, the Hierophant can be someone who is a performance artist. Mm. who is guiding us through ritual, which is something that we could say Beyonce and Jay-Z do, you know? Um, and I'm thinking of them like performing in that music video in the Louvre in mm. France, you know? There's that, that using the body as um, a way to channel divine. And so the Hierophant is the, I, I consider the Hierophant a gatekeeper of ritual and art and culture, it's the gatekeeper of ceremonial order. There's so many different ways that we can work with this energy. And so it's just like no, knowing what your flavor is. Yeah. yeah. I remember when we embodied the Hierophant in our fool's journey, we were actually taken to a church um, mm -hmm. and um, it was really powerful. It's actually one of the, the, the weeks that I remember the most, like that really is like burned into my mind. Um, you know, and this idea of the Hierophant being the one who like communicates the word of God, but he is not God. Um, he is just, he is a, um, 
kind of a, like you said, a vessel um, to bring that wisdom through. And I also remember we really gathered and um, was it you? Someone sat next to me and they asked me like, how are you feeling, you know, reflecting on the Hierophant this week? And I was like, looking at the fives, you know, and I was like, God, it's really dark. It's really kind of scary. Um, and I was pretty intimidated by the whole damn thing. Like the church is intimidating to me. Um, the fives felt so intimidating to me. Um, how do you, do you kind of follow that, uh, thread of looking at all of the fives when you're looking at the tarot and how they relate? Yeah. I mean, so yeah, the higher font number five, which is cool. When we think of the hand, the five fingers, you know, like there is this like very like human quality to the higher font too. The five, number five, it's like the bridge between one and 10. So it's like, it is this halfway point. So in the minors, they are usually depicted as these cards where we're stuck between spirit and earth. Mm -hmm. And so I often imagine that the, the figures in the, in the five cards um, are really in need of a teacher are really in need of a mentor. And so we might all be feeling one of the fives this year. And so I'm um, already with the attempted coup at the Capitol. That feels very five of swords, five of wands, both of them to me. Yeah. And yeah. And because of that, other people might be feeling five of cups and five of pentacles, uh, which is like, I actually, that morning, the next day, I, w- I just sat with my deck. I don't sit with my deck every day. It's usually on like particular days where I really need to check in. And I pulled a card and I got the five of cups, Mm. which was giving myself full permission to fully grieve whatever I was feeling. Um, Whereas a five of pentacles would be like feeling like maybe broken down, like, and I'll cut also, they're all spiritual. All the five cards feel very spiritual to me, but Mm. feeling like, you know, a lack of worth, you know, could be the five of pentacles. So they do work in tandem with each other. And I find the the pentacles and cups are usually on one side resonating and then the, the wands and swords are on the other side. So if, if you are enacting the five of wands, someone who's more watery might then feel five of cups because of that. Mm-hmm. So some of that might've got lost in translation for those that don't follow tarot like that, but um, I'm pretty sure that you're understanding what I'm saying. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. you're listening to tarot talks. So. Okay, cool. okay, cool. Great. <laughs> I'm pretty sure most listeners okay, cool. resonate with okay, the good. There okay, was a good. meme floating around I saw on IG that had a picture of the five of wands and then um, side by side with the hierophant. Did you see that one? Uh, right after the the siege of the capital, and it said, um, you know, letting go of chaos, uh, making room for divine order. Okay, that was really a yeah. a beautiful yeah. just image in that moment yeah. to see. Yeah. But um, it's also interesting when we're thinking of that too, and along with twenty twenty one, that you know, the image that comes to mind the most is the 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 white man, I mean, they were all white men for the most part, but the white man that was dressed up like a quote unquote shaman Mm. um, and considered himself a shaman and was wearing bullhorns at the protest. And so there is also a lot of what we are seeing is connected to people's strong belief systems. Mm -hmm. And so that is a shadow if it is, if it is using it in a way that is, 
for your own benefit that is not for the benefit of all. Mm. Um, and so with this major Aquarian energy this year, we have Saturn and Jupiter and Aquarius squaring Uranus and Mars and Taurus. And again, Taurus is Hierophant energy. So the major energy of 2021 is this Taurus Aquarian square. And so Aquarius says to Taurus, okay, you are a messenger of divine. You're embodying the divine, but is it resonating with all people? Is this bringing people together? Is it, is it helping those who are um, on the periphery of society? Is your way of connecting to divine um, in alignment with the greater good of all? And so it, there is this kind of friction between that. And so that's some of the major themes of this year too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I had written those down. I have a few, just a few things written yeah. down, but the great conjunction was one of them. Um, and so coming back into the Hierophant for just a moment, um, with these themes of like structure and tradition, because it's, it's interesting, right? Because we've got higher learning and spirituality as like this mentor, this guru, this, this one who holds the key to the wisdom you're seeking. And unlike the hermit, you know, the hermit is like, okay, go inward, you know, and find this wisdom. And the hierophant is actually like, there is an external like teacher. And sometimes I pull this in readings with, with one-on-one when someone is meant to maybe take that course or, you know, do that thing that, that they've been called to, but haven't quite done it. And, um, I read, I think it was Bakara's book. She has a quote, um, by an Indian Swami and he's like, you know, um, you use the boat to cross the river but you do not worship the boat. And that is where I think we get stuck in that shadow energy, right? Is when, like you were saying, we give our power away to the Hierophant rather than using it as like a vessel to receive wisdom and then internalize that. Yeah. Um, Which is interesting. I mean, you use the word guru too, which is like, a word I haven't really sat with with the Hierophant, but that's been something that already started coming up in 2020. And you'll kind of see that sometimes these cards, they bleed together. And so while you're in an emperor year, you're going to get a bit of the Hierophant like showing itself. Um, but yeah, this idea of the guru and like sitting, sitting with the shadow of the guru too. Like we saw um, Yogi Bhajan was called out in 2020, um, even though there were, some amazing teachings that he brought for the Kundalini yoga world, but was called out for the way that he was, you know, doing, uh, it was, I think it was sexual allegations. A lot of them arose. And so it's like, there is this polar sign to Taurus, which is Scorpio, which is connected to sexuality and power. Um, and so it's, it is calling to mind Scorpio. So for those of you who are Taurus listening to our sun, moon rising or who are Scorpio sun, moon or rising, you're working with the Hierophant and you're learning about this always, even if it's not your like tarot birth card. Um, and so it does call to mind, you know, we're talking about the fives, which are darker cards. And when we say the five of cups, it's someone that's like grieving the loss of someone. Well, when we look at the, the, the soul growth card for Scorpio, it's death. And so we also look at the Hierophant with death 
And on the death card and the rider weight, you'll see that the Hierophant is also present on the death card, is, um, is looking towards the skeleton coming in on the horse. And so um, a lot of times the Hierophant, as it's evolving, is holding space for these like darker moments in time. And so the Hierophant is actually a, an invitation for us in 2021 to step up in ritual to aid us through our grief and our transformation. And so all of the death and rebirth that we're going through collectively, the Hierophant is an invitation really to find ritual in your life, to, to work with the elements. And so, yes, the Hierophant can be very a patriarchal figure, we really number five it's like the accumulation of all the cards that come before so the hierophant is the magician the high priestess the empress and the emperor all coming together um and you know you could break those down in in your own unique ways that you want but um it is it is the accumulation here at five it's something that i find important with this number five and with ten they they are an accumulation of the things that came before Mm. um so well, along the lines of death, so just take your death card out and look at it next to the Hierophant and, and, and see what you notice um, between these two cards because the Hierophant is, is connected to the triple tier of consciousness. So it's connected to higher truth, but it's also connected to the unconscious. It's connected to psychology. And so when we think of Brene Brown as a hierophant, you know, um, I, I find that she is a bridge between the unconscious and the conscious self. She's a Scorpio too. Mm-hmm. So she's a Scorpio with a hierophant card. Um, then um, Marion Williamson feels a little bit more of connecting us to God. A lot of her work um, and offerings are the Course in Miracles, you know? So it, it's knowing what your flavor is with the hierophant too. Um, so when we're thinking of death, for me, I actually, like, one of my earliest memories as, as a Hierophant um, actually came up this week. And so my brother's um, dog passed away this week. And I, so it took me back to a memory when I was, like, six or seven years old. And my brother's guinea pig died. And he was so upset by it. My, I have a, he's an older brother too, it's just for context, but his guinea pig died and he was so upset by it that he didn't, like he couldn't process his emotions. And so what I did is I called all the kids in the neighborhood over to the house and I led a funeral ceremony, only seven years old, you know, like th- this is like, this is the Hierophant is someone mm-hmm. who's is creating a container for ritual that's often involving other people um, so that we can process grief and heal. And so it's, it's just interesting to look back at that time and really like, I was seven, like, how did I know to do that? Or why was I drawn to do that? But it's still like a ripple in the way it, it's a ripple into my work now. And, and, you know, I've, there's been times in my life when I walk dogs in New York city where I just naturally fell into this role of holding space for people when their pets passed away. And so I used to hold animal ceremonies for people um, just naturally. It was just like, and I did that when I was a kid too, you know? So um, finding like earlier childhood memories too of the way that you are expressing either your birth card or have worked with this energy can offer you a window into really understanding how you're embodying it as an adult. Cause when we're kids, we're just so pure and mm. open. Um, so yeah, that for whatever reasons that wanted to come through right now, but there, yeah. 
there, there are experiences that will continue to replay throughout your life. That's yeah. really powerful. Thank you for sharing that. And <clears throat> that just actually reminded me of something that I've been thinking about recently, just in the past you know, few weeks as we've moved into 2021. I've been trying to um, just redefine my work a little bit and get really clear on you know, <laughs> what I'm offering and who I'm offering it to and why. And Um, one of the things that I've thought about as a, you know, quote unquote healer or whatever you want to call the work that I do, um, which is, well, what I call is, um, now spirit sessions. Um, and I've started to pull away from Reiki and tarot because I was so over identified with the tools. Mm -hmm. Um, but something I realized is like the tools are not me. You know, they're just tools. So like, what's from me? Like, what is mine? And um, I started to think deeply about the fact that like, I I have a um, a Taurus, Chiron and Taurus um, in my, uh, what house is opposite of Taurus? Um, In my Scorpio house. What what house is that? Um, eighth house. Yeah. Yeah. And then Scorpio is my second house. And, um, one of the things that I really resonated with is that like, I've had a lot of intense experiences and like, especially like death experiences with like the suicide of my brother and and he murdered someone. And there's just like this, I've, I've lived through a lot of intensity and, um, how as a healer, I can hold space for people who are in that energy of like, you know, just being able to sit with that grief or yeah. that intensity and, and that's it, you know, cause so many people can't sit with you in those moments. They, they just, they don't know how to hold it. Um, and so for me, that's been like a really strong focus for me. It's just like, I can hold this because yeah. I know how. I love that you're bringing up Chiron too. And thank you for sharing that and your experience. Um, Yeah, just honoring that too. Um, Chiron symbol in astrology, the glyph is the key. So I often do connect Chiron to Hierophant energy as well. Um, And this glyph of the key, it it is that, that key to unlocking the unconscious often. And so Chiron to orient ourselves um, actually with the, the planetary body. Um, it's, a, it's a planetoid or a dwarf planet that's in our solar system. And it, it, the way it orbits, it's an eccentric orbit, Chiron, where it, it goes between Saturn and Uranus in its orbit. And so sometimes it's really far out and sometimes it's closer to the Earth. And so Saturn is the last visible planet in the sky and it represents boundaries Uranus is the first planet that takes us into like this cosmic realm where we can't see it with the naked eye. And so Chiron actually navigates both worlds. Chiron goes into the outer cosmic world and comes back and brings it to us. And so Chiron is also a messenger, much like the higher font where it's able to take messages, bring it back to us. And so building bridges is like a keyword for the higher font and for the Chiron. And so it's powerful for you to have Chiron in Taurus, which is also Hierophant too. 
And then in the eighth house, it would call to mind the backdrop of the death card. So actually the death card there and with the focus on, on the Hierophant would be part of your chart and a meditation we could do with your chart. But yeah, so even though this isn't like your sun sign or your moon or your rising, it's still part of your chart and you can really, there's a lot of free will too when working with astrology and so you can really start to meditate on this part of your chart and and use it as a way especially here in 2021 it is calling to mind it's highlighting the Taurus parts of our chart it's highlighting Chiron in our chart too yeah mm. thank yeah. you for that that really helped me to just build yeah. some bridges in my mind and yeah pull that all together that was yeah. beautiful yeah um <clears throat> okay so you mentioned, you touched on, actually, before we touch on this, just one more little thing with the Hierophant. I have a yeah. lot of, like, just little ideas yeah. with, with him. Um, but something that I find really magical about the Hierophant is when I pull it in, especially when I pull it in reverse, um, and especially when I look at it in terms of, like, year-ahead spreads, when I'm really looking at, like, overarching themes, like, maybe for a whole year for someone, mm -hmm. um, I often feel it as this energy of like breaking out mm. of like whatever structure they had put themselves in or been born into or like whatever it is and like kind of like doing whatever the fuck they want just because they mm. want to you know there can be this like revolutionary kind of like freedom yeah. energy in the hierophant that feels like really exciting to me um and I feel like we're seeing that a bit too yeah society. yeah so. so like what an exercise i like to do uh when understanding this energy because the major arcana is like it's like these are more of we don't necessarily fully embody them i guess they're an invitation to learn about their cards but they're the majors are much more like spiritual concepts and so um an exercise i like to do is to take your 16 court cards and so right now I'll ask you, what court card do you most resonate with in this moment? Um, let's see. Page of Cups. I love it. I, I feel the Page of Cups right now too. So that's cool. But we could ask, how does the Page of Cups embody the Hierophant? <laughs> through creativity um that's like one that I'm feeling really drawn to right now but also through like using the the emotional aspect of that as um like a key into your deeper healing mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yes to me like to to like dovetail off the creativity it makes me think of like singing mm -hmm. And kind of like in a way, not to like record an album, but like actually just like enjoy, like going to the ocean and singing a song with spirit. Like there's that sort of like communion with spirit that also comes forward in creativity too. Um, so that's like, that's also higher font energy, you know? And so using each of the 16 court cards and saying, how do they embody the higher font? And so what I'm hearing you say, the kind of like, I don't know, like breaking free, like this could be like queen or knight of wands as the higher font. And it's like, how are they expressing it? And so if it's the knight of wands expressing the higher font, 
I mean, that's like some like fierce energy of like, I'm embodying my truth and I don't care like what you taught me is right or wrong. I'm going to do what I want, you know? So there's like many, that's also Hierophant. So it's like knowing again, what your flavor of Hierophant is. And so like knowing your astrological energy is great. And um, yeah, to know that someone like Beyonce is a Hierophant, but also so is, you know, Marion Williamson. They, they're offering different expressions of it, but they, we can see perhaps how they are embodied in their life. Yeah. 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 So cool. Yeah. Um, okay. So one, a couple other things that I had written down that you briefly mentioned, one was um, the great conjunction as just like a flavor of the whole year. Um, there was so much talk about this planetary um, mm-hmm. yeah. transit. Um can you uh, can you just touch on that briefly and and how you think it kind of fits in with the yeah the themes of twenty twenty one yeah there was so much talk of it like outside of the astrology and tarot community <laughs> yeah and you know it's interesting because my brother was talking about it a lot and he never talks about the sky like that and I was saying he's studying to become a minister and so this was this is an example of like just some of the obstacles I moved through, but he sent me this long elaborate text saying, you know, like, did you know about the great conjunction um, and how it's connected to like the star of Bethlehem or whatever. And I just get frustrated because I'm like, I'm an astrologer. Like, of (laughs) course I know about the great conjunction, but there's been a lack of my brother ever fully acknowledging me and my path and what I offer to the world um, because it doesn't align with his beliefs. And so I'm like, if you ever really actually got to know me, you would know that I've actually released podcast episodes on this and you could tune into them and like learn from me, you know, like that's gonna like what I want to say back instead I say, thanks for letting me know because at this point um, it's, it's not worth um, going there with him because he's not ready to have that conversation. And so, and because I've also been condemned by him a lot. And so mm-hmm. it's like lear- in the higher font too, it's like, you're, you're also coming up against other people who are going to project their beliefs onto things that are happening. And so even that is just an example of how it extended outside the astrology and tarot community, like the great conjunction already is this moment in time where there's a major shift happening and people are talking about the stars. And so when we talk about the stars, this is very Aquarian already. So the fact that Saturn and Jupiter aligned in Aquarius, um, Aquarius rules over the stars in the sky. And when we connect to the stars, how do we feel? You know, there's a sense of um, feeling small, but also feeling large and interconnected. And so there is a lot, it's, it's a shift in the collective consciousness. Mm-hmm. And so it not only is a theme for 2021, it's a theme for the next 200 years. It's also a theme for the next 800 years. Um, it's a big cycle. It's a big transition. And so, you know, when you're at the beginning of it, there can be sort of like a almost like I'm imagining like a big balloon filled with water of our head that pops. And so you can feel it, the rush of energy, like on the first conjunction, but it's going to take time to allow us to really understand what it means. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but even the fact that we're talking in this way over technology is a part of that Aquarian conjunction, you know, like this wasn't even possible, you know, we weren't doing this even five years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are, we are in many ways already aware of the way that Aquarius has been interacting with us, but this is, is, is that moment where we can like pinpoint it. Uh, and say, oh, this is when that great shift was. And so um, it's not only a theme for this year, but it is continuing forward. And so just being really, really gentle on the nervous system, Aquarius rules over the nervous system, and just so that we can integrate whatever new energies and vibrations are coming through. And so that's why it's really important to be mindful of the media that we ingest because you know, media is also Aquarian, the messages that we're receiving. Again, there's going to be overlap, the Hierophants about giving messages to the world. Aquarius is about giving messages and receiving messages too. And so actually in the same way, we took the 12 court cards and said, how does, you know, the page of cups embody the Hierophant? Each astrological sign is going to embody the Hierophant too in a different way. Mm -hmm. There's overlaps on all the archetypes, but Aquarius or the Hierophant is calling to mind the group and the collective, the messages, the broadcasting, the frequency, you know, this is what it's highlighting. Um, So whereas like if it was like a Scorpio conjunction, you know, we would be talking more about the death and the grief of it, Mm. of the higher font. So, yeah. So it's just, um, yes, knowing that astrology and tarot work together and, and they're both different vocabularies for us to use at this time. But yeah so treat the nervous system well so for me that's like definitely energy healing is aquarius um if we look at the glyph for aquarius it's two energetic waves and so Mm -hmm. how are you raising your vibration and oftentimes we can do that in groups groups help us to raise our vibration um so energy healing um hatha yoga is really great for for my nervous system and energy but whatever you do to, to allow yourself to feel like that you can continue to use your body in a way that is as a channel, because that can also be very draining too. And so if you're working with the tarot, um, just paying really particular attention to how your body is channeling this information and how you are also allowing yourself to reset in the same way that we charge our phone every night, you know, mm. that's, also we're kind of like need to be plugged up yeah yeah I love that and I've been actually before you even said anything about the nervous system I was thinking about how when you were talking about Aquarius how many people I've noticed um reaching out saying that they're feeling this in their bodies and their bones were aching in Capricorn season and they're waking up at all hours during the night. And they're really, there's like this sensitivity, it seems to what's happening around us and the collective energy and what's happening in the stars. And um, I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast, you probably are a more sensitive person. And so, um, yeah, I've been returning a lot to restorative yoga and um just really like grounding meditations coming back to land on the earth what's my relationship to the earth how do i center 
how often can I center? Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. every few hours, can I take a few moments to center? Um, yeah. And really paying close, close attention to um, where I'm, what I'm consuming, you yeah. know? And yeah. uh, if I've done, you know, something for myself emotionally, physically, spiritually mm-hmm. it, it, during the day. Yeah. You're calling to mind for me the side of the Hierophant that we haven't really touched base on, which again, we, we said that the Hierophant can be the, the four cards that come before it. Um, I feel like there's usually an emphasis on the emperor for people with a Hierophant. Like they like a really like see it as a, this patriarchal figure. Um, we touched base on the magician a little bit when we were saying, I heard, I heard you say something about like, it's like the magician really teaches us to embody our truth in many ways and to, to use the tools around us that we have, the tools on the, on the, the table. Mm-hmm. The Hierophant is also is using tools too. Uh, we didn't really talk about how the Hierophant is connected to the Empress mm-hmm. and uh, the Empress is Venus, which is Taurus's ruling planet. Mm-hmm. And even on the fifth spirit tarot, we'll see the necklace that the Hierophant is wearing. It's Venus here. Oh, wow. And, I think that Venusian side of connecting to our body, connecting to the earth, like actually like that's great for the nervous system too. Like speaking of the nervous system is actually like laying on the earth on the ground. And so paying attention to what fabrics you put on your body, paying attention to the five senses. This is the Empress, but it's also present in the Hierophant. And if the Hierophant is truly embodied, it is also embodying the traits of not only the emperor and the magician and the high priestess, but also the empress too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so it, it, it is calling to mind. Um, and the Hierophant's maybe doing a little bit more ritualistic, but you know, why, why does the Hierophant wear this like triple t- crown tier? You know, it is using it's the, the costuming of, of the divine here. And so I have an image. I don't know if I can share the screen No, I can't, but it's an image of um, Cher as the Hierophant who was named queen of Taurus yeah. uh, by the cosmic cousins listeners. And so, yes, but yeah, paying attention to the food you eat, the Hierophant would say, it's like, it reminds me of like growing up in the church. It's like taking the bread and like dipping it in the wine, but it is actually like using the physical world to aid you in your ritual. But in regards to like the nervous system too, it's also just slowing down when you eat, you know, I mean, some of this stuff sounds simple, but I have to remind myself every day, you know, especially like right now I'm on this interview with you and then I have a client after, and then I have a call with someone else that's a potential collaborator. And it's like, I have a full day which is great. It's great use of my energy. But when I eat, I'm like, just scarf it down. And so uh, the Hierophant is also saying, no, make your, like your meal, like ritual, Mm -hmm. pray before you eat. If that's like part of your practice, make sure that you are like feeling like honoring whatever you're eating, honoring the people who like got you the food. If you got it from a grocery store, like all of these things I find in the Hierophant, it's like really sacred, holy card. Um, with with the earth yeah that's yeah. funny I we started a ritual this year with my family of blessing our food um, mm-hmm. before we eat and yeah. I feel like it really changes the way you assimilate your food mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that simple practice actually um, changed my relationship to 
to food. And I started to think about a lot of rules that I had around eating and how some of them, while, you know, trying to, they were all in like good form of trying to be healthy. Um, but some of them were actually quite restrictive and, and not actually so healthy. Um, so yeah, that's a beautiful point. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I feel like I can ask you 20 more questions, but we're getting right up on time and in honor and respect of the other things you just mentioned you need to do. Um, And we also both laughed about being in the service industry um, Mm -hmm. when we were emailing. And I feel like that is uh, something you learn when you're Mm -hmm. like a waiter is to like Mm -hmm. stand up and scarf down your food. Oh yeah. <laughs> I have a lot of memories of that. Like, yeah. like sneaking food in between, like going to the table. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, definitely. My partner is a bartender and like, I still have to remind him to like chew his food. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's okay. A, yeah. That's Virgo is the service industry too. So other earth signs might be resonating with some of this too. Capricorn Virgo, I think resonate too with the higher font. Again, all the cards do, um, all the signs do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's all it's all somewhere in our chart, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. Well, yeah. thank you so much for sitting down for this conversation with me. It was so fun to connect again. Um, can you tell the listeners a little bit about what you're doing right now? If you have any offerings. Um, I know you said you have a new offering with the the fool journey, which is the one I took. So I'm so excited about that. Um, So can you share that? Yeah. So I'm not sure when this episode's coming out, but it starts on January 28th. And so it's a six month journey, our 22 week journey through the major arcana of the tarot. There's a few spots still open for that. So if you're longing to make use of this higher font year and ritual, this is a great opportunity to do so because it is a ritual immersion. There is a big focus on altar building and embodying the archetypes. Um, So yeah, the fool's journey. So you can go to cosmiccousins.com and in the top right corner, click on fool's journey. And and it has all the information that you need there. Yeah. And then I I also release um, a podcast episode on the new and the full moon too, which is cosmic cousins. Yeah. And are you still taking um, one-on-one clients for astrology readings? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I offer both astrology and tarot readings. And so, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So I'll put the link in the show notes for you all. Thank you so much, Jeff, for sitting down with me and for the yeah. listeners hang tight. I will um, offer a tarot reading for the upcoming full moon in a moment. Okay, everyone, I hope that you enjoyed that beautiful interview with Jeff Hinshaw. And now we are going to move into the tarot reading for this upcoming full moon in Leo. So I love the energy of Leo. It reminds me of summertime and the sun, and it's just a really beautiful energy. A lot of people kind of think of Leo as being so egocentric and like that needs to be the star of the show 
show, but there's also this deep draw into the heart with Leo energy, bringing through strength and courage and bravery and resilience, right? When I think of that image of the lion and that soft uh, cultivation of strength and divine feminine energy. Okay, so full moons are the peak of the cycle. So it is the midpoint of the cycle if we're looking at it from the standpoint of the new moon being the beginning of the cycle, right? Then the full moon comes two weeks later. So then that is the peak phase. And then the moon wanes back down to new over the following two weeks. So these readings I do twice during a moon cycle, the moon cycle being about 30 days and the moon starts at new at dark and then wanes to, or I'm sorry, waxes to full, right? Grows in its light and then wanes back down to new. So when I do these readings, it is with the purpose of looking at the energy of the full moon and then how that carries through to the rest of the cycle. So the two weeks that follow, I always think of full moons as illuminating something in our lives. So something that may have been in shadow or something that we've really set intentions to work on with the new moon. And then, you know, usually when we're setting intentions or we're trying to manifest things into our lives, it is things that we feel we don't have, right? That we need to cultivate. Um, So the full moon can really help us to illuminate the things that are maybe holding us back, like subconscious things, things that we're not seeing in our day-to-day. Or maybe it's like thought patterns that are more unconscious come into the light. Um, But the full moon can also be this time of illuminating um, a way of celebration by way of celebration, right? Um, Because it's really highlighting what is happening in our lives at this time. um, And it's highlighting the work that we're doing to move towards, right? These intentions. And if you really want to look deeply astrologically, you can look and see in your personal birth chart, where is Leo, right? What house is it in? Are there any planets there? Um, And then you can get a little deeper understanding of the themes personally that may come up for you or may be highlighted or illuminated for you during this full moon phase. Okay, you guys, so a few announcements. We have, as always, a full moon ceremony virtual via Zoom. So please come through if you just want to spend some time um, holding space for yourself and um, really practicing ritual. Ritual is a huge part of my personal practice, and it just helps me really ground and anchor in and really connect to um, what am I working on at this moment? Um, What are my intentions moving forward? Um, 
how am I feeling, right? Just internal positioning, really noticing where I'm at now emotionally, spiritually, mentally, um, and what I'm trying to cultivate and maybe what I'm trying to release, right? So um, during the ceremonies, we talk about the energy of the full moon, the astrology that's going on. Um, tarot card associations. So we kind of get deep and nerdy into all of the themes that come up around this time. And then um, I offer some healing tools to bring us deeper into ourselves and also just give us a sense of rest and relaxation and restoration as well as community. So the next moon ceremony is coming up this Thursday. It's the 28th at 6.30 p.m. Central Time. If you can't join us live, you could still purchase a ticket and catch the replay. Just be sure to do so within one hour of the time the ceremony starts so I can make sure to get your name down so I can make sure you get some Reiki healing energy. Okay, you guys? So um, also my Sacred Soul Mentorship, I am now accepting applications for that and I have included um, Reiki Mastership. So if you are attuned already in level one and two, and you want to explore receiving Reiki three and four, um, you can do that with me one-on-one now. So as part of the mentorship, we use those 12 weeks to really dive deep into the Reiki mastership. So it consists of two levels, three and four together. So in one, you learn and receive the master um, symbols and attunement. And then in the other, you learn how to give them to others. So that means that you can hold your own trainings. Um, It's a deep, deep dive into Reiki. It's the final level. Um, And we go through not only just like the Reiki and the symbols, but we also dive a little deeper into other areas like sound healing and crystal healing and um, just uh, more advanced healing techniques, ancestral healing, things like this. So um, if that is something you're interested in, go to the Sacred Soul Mentorship and fill out an application on my site. And I'm also offering this to total beginners as well. So um, if you are just just starting out on your spiritual journey um, and you want to learn more about yoga or meditation or tarot or any of the other things I offer, um, these mentorships are catered to you. They're customized for you and they are a combination of learning right? And, um, you know, really cultivating these tools, but also they, um, are often a much more personal journey as well. Um, where, you know, you may be going through a transformative time and I'm really holding space for that. And then you are learning all of these new skills and these new tools, um, to help you on your way, whether it's more of a personal journey that you want to take um, for just you, or maybe you want to learn how to be a teacher. Maybe you want to learn how to be a guide. Maybe you want to learn how to hold space for others. So anyway, you, you want to work it. We work around you and where you're at in this moment and your needs. Okay, so let's move on to the cards. 
Every week or every two weeks, I do a three card spread. So the first set of cards I pull are about the general theme for this moon cycle. So I'm asking for this full moon, what is being um, illuminated at this time. And then what we are releasing is the second set of cards and then what we are bringing in. Okay. So I'm using the Wild Unknown deck by Kim Kranz today with postcards from the Liminal Space Oracle deck. Okay, so in position one, what is being illuminated? I am pulling the Page of Pentacles in the reversed position with a card called Be Your Own Daddy from the Liminal Space, right? And it has um, like a packet of sugar being poured out and it's like money, a big pile of money, right? So Be Your Own Daddy, Be Your Own Sugar Daddy. Um, and I really love these two cards together because the Page of Pentacles does represent like a new beginning in the material plane. And so this is a big ask for us to shift our perspective by way of giving ourselves a more solid foundation, a more solid cultivation of security and stability. So whether that is actually financial, whether you need to like pull up your bootstraps and um, make some more money for yourself or take care of some financial obligations that you've been putting aside, or this could, you know, earth energy isn't just about money. It's about security and earth energy, right? And so that is, that includes our physical body, right? So maybe there is some imbalance balances in the physical body and you need to restructure your daily routine to make sure that you are taking care of your physical needs through you know eating when you need to eat sleeping when you need to sleep doing the things that you need to do to cultivate a sense of a strong foundation for yourself so that you feel secure so that you feel stable and grounded and be your own daddy is is a card that is asking you to take on that responsibility instead of maybe being in a bit of victimhood about it or trying to find or rely on external situations or people to do it for you this may seem simplistic but we live in a society that really lets us know and is constantly kind of driving in that we need some kind of thing. We need to purchase some kind of program. We need to do some kind of, I don't know, some kind of thing in order to feel safe, secure, healthy, whatever it is. You know, we're constantly being sold on something. Um, and so it can feel really easy um, to say like, oh, I won't have this until I do this thing or whatever it is. Um, and so really bringing that inward and saying like, what do I need? What do I need today in this moment to feel stable, to feel secure? And cultivating this sense of inner trust where we really learn how to trust ourselves with our own needs and our own well-being. Okay, so seeing the page of pentacles in the reverse position, 
I always think about um, she's ungrounded in some way, right? When we see the pentacles in the reverse position, like, okay, if we're thinking of the pentacles as a tree, like the roots are in the air. So how do we restructure? How do we root down? What can we look at here to make us feel safe, grounded, and centered? This can be simple, this can be simple. This can be drinking a glass of water every morning. This could be adding 10 more minutes of movement throughout your day. This could be getting up once per hour and taking a short walk or doing a few stretches or jumping on a mini trampoline. This could be setting a timer in your phone to do a little pause and reset every hour or every two hours by taking three deep breaths, right? So it doesn't have to be extreme. If it's in regards to money, then maybe it's a new budget. Maybe it is taking 5% of your income and putting it towards a debt that you have, right? Maybe it is working on money from a more spiritual standpoint and chanting to Lakshmi every day, right? So whatever it is that you're working with here in the material, this is your money, this is your career, this is your physical body, this is your day-to-day life, your home home life, your family? How are we going to create solidity and structure here, right? Okay. So what is interesting is that what we are releasing is the queen of wands with memory lane. And if you've been listening over the past few months here, we had the king of wands as what was being illuminated and then the queen of wands, right? So we've been in this king and queen energy in fire for over a month now. So now we're ready to release that. Um, and we are ready to release memory lane as well. So memory lane takes us back. It takes us into the past and it asks us to look at past situations, old wounds, bitterness, um, betrayals, whatever it is that we've been carrying around um, to be healed, right? It's kind of like those patterns and habits and wounds that we carry within our bodies, within our minds in some way. Um, And because we carry them, we develop habits and patterns around them. So if you are carrying, you know, old hurts or old emotions in the body, right? Then it it actually takes a lot of energy physically and mentally to, to hold on to that. And so when we can release that, we can open up more space for new things to come in. So this feels really positive. It feels like whatever work we've been doing to heal old wounds in the past, we're ready to let go and we're ready to integrate some lessons that we may have learned by looking back and reflecting. And now we can maybe step forward with a little more wisdom, with a little more space, with a little more energy to put into our intentions. And then what we are bringing in. So with what we are bringing in, I kind of think of this as like what we, what energy is going to help us cultivate um, what we need or what we want during these next two weeks. And what I'm pulling here is the hermit card with drink water. And these are both cards that are really, really drawing us into taking care of ourselves. And like I was saying with 
with um, the page of pentacles and be your own daddy. This is not about external. This is bringing it inward, right? So just like be your own daddy is asking you to take responsibility, right? Is asking you to stand up and work with whatever it is that you need to work with, right? Whatever daddy issues, whatever your relationship is to authority. This is a card about taking responsibility. And here with the hermit, we can find that through nourishing ourselves, right? Drink water, just the most simple form of nourishment. And so here again, like I said, it can be simple. It doesn't have to be extreme, but just going inward and really listening to your intuition. What do you need in each moment? And how can you cultivate that for yourself? And it's not that we don't use tools, right? So it's, I I guess I can say like, you know, tools are these external things, but yes, of course we're going to need tools, but how do you use them, right? Do you use the tools because you've been told to use them or do you use them because you've been intuitively drawn to them? So just this morning, I put up a post on my Instagram about some tools that I used over the weekend when I was dealing and working through some physical and emotional pain. And you know, what I was sharing is that it is not about the tool as much as it is about the curiosity and the kindness that we approach our pain or our dis-ease with, right? And so like, if you are open and curious about what you're feeling and what you need without these external judgments or without this already preconceived notion of what you're supposed to be doing and making your practice look perfect and formal because life is not perfect and formal. It's messy and fucked up. And, you know, I had a trauma trigger a couple days ago that came kind of out of nowhere. I mean, it wasn't totally unexpected, but I was doing a breath work session, which is normally something that would make me feel really calm and relaxed, but I went really deep and my body became very triggered and I had to take a full day off of work, which as an Aries is very difficult. And there was a time when I would have a lot of judgment for myself around that. And I used many, many tools, right? To come back to baseline And there was a time when I would really be specific about what they were and what they had to look like. But in my personal experience, laying on the couch under three blankets, eating mac and cheese was just as important of a tool as the meditation that I did, as the tapping session that I did, right? And so this is our curious approach to what is going on. I was in a deep trigger. My body was tight and locked down. I was frozen and I needed things that were going to bring a sense of comfort 
into my life at that time. Now, not long ago, I would have considered myself really unproductive and lazy and been really judgmental even about eating something that was so unhealthy. But really now I see it as this deep form of nourishment that I needed, that my inner child at that moment really needed. And so, you know, some days it's not that at all, right? I'm working out, I'm sweating, I'm doing, you know, Kapalabhati and really fiery practices, but they're all in their own right medicine. And so how kind and how gentle can you be with your needs this week, these these next coming up weeks? And how can you approach your needs, both physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, with a sense of curiosity, uh, with a sense of kindness and compassion? There's no right or wrong. There's no good or bad. If it's coming from within, right, with a sense of kindness, you're not a problem to be fixed. There's no end to this healing work. It just continues to unfold and unfold and unfold. And yes, hopefully it does become easier, um, as it always does, because we acquire more tools, right? But I've been in this work for 20 years almost now. And, you know, and I still get triggered now and again. It doesn't happen as often. But now there's so many ways that I have to work with it. Um, And so my hope is for you this week that you will... um, drink water, you know, just take it really, really easy and gentle and use this hermit energy to go inward and really ask yourself with so much kindness what you need. Okay, you guys, so I hope that this helps and serves you in some way. If it does, if you really resonate um, and you haven't yet, please give uh, the podcast a five-star rating or review. It helps other listeners find me or just share it with friends or on your socials. Um, As always, it is lovely to connect with you here. I love hearing um, how this landed with you, so please reach out me a DM share and I will connect with you for the new moon. Take care.